Well, I certainly hope all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and, uh, and that you stayed on your diets and <clears throat> it's good to be back with you today. Our text is Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11. And while you're turning there, I don't always announce my sermon topic uh, Sunday in advance, but next Sunday, for a number of reasons, I'm going to be preaching on waiting. Uh, in Isaiah 40, beginning with verse 29 and then going through verse 31, verse 30 and 31, it says, They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, the reason I believe the Lord has laid that on my heart is because you've been without a pastor for a year. And some of you, I think, are discouraged. I'm so old, but you've been very kind. But you need a pastor, <clears throat> and I need for you to have a pastor. And so I want to talk about growing in a season of waiting. None of us like to wait. We don't want to miss the slot in the revolving door. We always want to go through the checkout line express. And if somebody is ahead of us, we count the number of items, be sure that they're going by the rules. <laughs> we don't like to wait. It's not a part of our nature. But if we will allow the Lord, he will teach us even in our times of waiting. We come now to a lesson that I believe is important, and this sermon really grows out of what I believe the Lord has been doing in my life for the last uh, number of years. We have Thanksgiving, and it's a wonderful holiday, but basically it is a secular day instituted by President Abraham Lincoln a long, long time ago. In fact, right in the middle of the Civil War, 1863, he declared that we would have a Thursday set aside for Thanksgiving. It's a wonderful day, but for about 95% of people, it's usually about family food and football. But today I want to talk about Thanksgiving as a lifestyle as a child of God. And this is an area where the Lord has been working in my life for a number of years and what it is to live daily as a person who genuinely is grateful and thankful and is able to articulate those areas where we give thanks. Our text today is about two things. It is about giving thanks, but it is also about failing to give thanks. This is a real story. Our Lord experienced it. He was traveling up around um, somewhere between Galilee and Samaria, not far from where he grew up, which was Nazareth. And it was about 60 or miles or so north of Bethlehem where he was born. And it says in verse 11, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who were leprosy, who had leprosy, 
met him and they stood at a distance and they called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was not one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise up and go. Your faith has made you well. It was a dark and stormy night in 1860 wherein there was a passenger ship called the Lady Elgin. It is a true story. The Lady Elgin carried passengers on Lake Michigan, and it collided with a schooner that was carrying lumber. And out of the 400 passengers, 387 drowned, or 287 drowned. There was a young man whose name was Edward Spencer, He was a student at Northwestern University. He was standing on the shore in the distance. He saw what happened, and because he was an excellent swimmer, some even referred to him as an Olympic calendar swimmer, he tied a rope around him with the help of a friend, and he swam a great distance and rescued 17 people. He made 17 trips out to the wreckage, and saved 17 people. It was such a toll on his body that he had to drop out of school, and as far as I know, historically never returned to Northwestern. Years later, he was asked this question. Edward, what do you remember most about that tragic event? He said, I remember two things. First of all, I asked myself the question, Did I do my best to save as many people as I could? And the second thing I remember, out of the 17 that I was able to save, not one paused to thank me. Folks, we're living in a day when we all talk about being thankful. I don't think I've ever asked a person, are you thankful? And they said, no, I'm not thankful. Everybody says they're thankful. But there's a difference between thanksgiving as just as an attitude and being thankful and putting that into practice. Luke 17 tells us a story about Jesus healing ten lepers. Leprosy in Jesus' day was a terrible disease. Today it's called Hansen's disease. And of course, as a young man, I was... Uh, at my church in Savannah, Georgia, and some missionary came and, and bought, brought some videos or whatever they had back then and showed a leper colony in Africa. And it was graphic how that disease took uh, the fingers and the feet of people. It was a debilitating disease. It was a social disease. In fact, it was required by some in Jesus' day If you had leprosy and if somebody came close to you, you were by law required to say, 
unclean, unclean, because it was a pitiful condition. It was a condition that did physical damage. It was a condition that socially separated you from your friends and even family members. And of course, it caused a great deal of emotional trauma. It is no wonder, therefore, in verse 13, it says, Jesus, Master, have pity on us because these poor, wretched lepers had been ostracized from family and friends because they had leprosy. By the way, in the old days, preachers used to make an analogy between the effects of leprosy and what sin does. And there is, I believe, some serious correlation between those two. But if you'll notice, it says, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. That was required by law in the ancient times. You could not go near people. You had to warn them that you had this disease that was very contagious. And so they cried out, Master, have mercy on us. And the Bible says, and when he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priests. Now you have to go to the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus, and I believe it's the book of Deuteronomy, where there are certain laws that were and rules that you had to follow even when you had leprosy. And one of them was to go to the priest, the Levitical priest, who was either trained or given the responsibility of determining how serious the leprosy was. And by the way, it is to be profoundly biblical, the word leprosy is a term that was used for a number of skin diseases. But in this case, because they were at a distance, we believe that they had legitimate leprosy. And so this text is about the one who gave thanks but I believe it's about also those who fail to give thanks. We're living in a day where, as I said, that people will say, I'm thankful, but in terms of practicing as a Christian, as a lifestyle of being thankful, I believe we fall short. I believe the object of our text is not to show that Jesus had power to heal. We know that. If you are a student of the book of Luke, you will know that in chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, 8, 9, 11, and 13, in each of those chapters, Jesus heals somebody. And so we know that he had power to heal. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. He was a miracle worker because... As we wait for his birth, or at least the celebration of his birth in a few weeks, he was God in the flesh. That's what John 1 says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then there is the censure. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The object of this text is not to talk about the miracle working Jesus, although that he was a miracle worker. It is even not even to talk about leprosy. It's a terrible disease. 
It's been basically eradicated in the Western world. A few years ago, I was reading a book of, of a man in Louisiana, and he had been a criminal, and he was put in an old leprosy colony somewhere in Louisiana about 75 years ago. And so the point is, the object of the text is to show that only 10% of those that were healed gave thanks. It is not to show us the, that Jesus has power. We know that he does. But it is to remind us, I believe, the point, the main lesson of the text is to remind us how serious our Lord takes our lack of thanksgiving. Because he says in verse 17, and Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are they nine? I believe the emphasis of the text is to talk about our lack of thanksgiving. As I said at the beginning, uh, this is an area where the Lord has been teaching me that it's important to live daily a life of thanksgiving. I was in seminary a long, long time ago. It was right after the Civil War. And I remember being in a seminary class with a, a, a chaplain. He was the chaplain of the 82nd Airborne. And what I remember, it was a long time ago, and he didn't know me. I was a little peon in my 20s. But he was an officer in the 82nd Airborne, and he had this infectious smile. He was a, a Methodist chaplain. About five or six years after that class, he wrote a book, and it was called From Prison to Praise, and it sold millions of copies. I researched it again. I used to have the book, and I think I've lost it. But he was a chaplain that God spoke to, a Methodist chaplain, and he learned the joy of, in every circumstance of life, giving praise and thanks to God. Some of you may have read the book. He died in 2013. I think he was 89 years of age. But God met this chaplain who, he talked about prison, but it wasn't a physical prison. He told of a time in his life when he was bitter and anxious and he just was unkind. He was a member of the army. He went AWOL as an enlisted man and that he was put in jail for a short period of time. And sometime during that time, he was saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and then went back to school and became a chaplain. And God used him all over the world. I believe I read that his books have been translated in 59 languages. It's a book worth reading because it's a book about giving thanks to God even in the difficulties of our lives. I'm talking to some of you today. You're going through a difficult time. You're going through a season of suffering. Some of you I try to pray for every day because these times are difficult. Even as a nation, I believe we're going through a difficult time. Ask the people in Israel or the Gaza Strip or Ukraine or many other places. There even is some sort of war going on in one of the countries in Africa. 
We're living in troubled times, but in the midst of the storms of life, in the midst of our seasons of suffering, there seems to be the call of God to learn how to be a thankful person. I'll give you this one illustration again of when my wife and I lost our son. And the Marine Corps came and they did what they always do and handled things very professionally and told us our son had been killed. A few weeks after that, my wife and I noticed that it was helpful for us because during that first year, we stayed together. I would go to the hospital in Roanoke once or twice a week, and she would always go with me. She didn't always go upstairs to the room. But during that time together, I would think of something to be thankful for, and she would think of something to be thankful for. And we went through this process of practicing being thankful to God even in that serious time of grief. And I believe with all my heart that Chaplain Carruthers had it right. If we who are the people of God, if we who have a personal, living, dynamic relationship with Jesus Christ, there are things that we can always be thankful for. Because the Bible is filled with thanksgiving and praise. The word leprosy occurs just 70 times in the Bible. The word praise or thanksgiving in some form refers to it 700 times. This book is not only about the Psalms that has to do with praise, that's what the word means, but it's a book about giving thanks. And and the Bible tells us in Psalm 69, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Then it tells us in another psalm, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. When we come to worship, we're told in Psalm 100, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And then Paul says to us in Colossians chapter 3, and whatever you do, whether it is in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, that lack of thanksgiving on our part as Christian is considered a serious sin according to the scripture. If you read in the book of Romans where there is this long list of people who do not know God, and among that, one of their characteristics is that they are not thankful. And so a part of our fallen nature is by nature we're not a thankful people. Now, it's easy to say I'm thankful. It is another thing to be thankful even in the seasons of suffering, in the storms of life. Listen to what the psalmist said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who heals all of our diseases, who forgives all of our iniquities, Here is a God that we can praise because 
He is a God who loves us, and we bless God. I, as a young Christian, even as a young preacher, that Psalm 103 always used to bother me. How can we who are by nature sinful, how can we who are by nature alienated from God, enemies of God, except through the blood of Jesus Christ, but when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we have the great privilege of praising and blessing the Creator God of the universe, Jehovah Yahweh, El Shaddai, Adonai. We who are sinful but have been made one through Jesus Christ, we can say with the psalmist, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and if I had preached last Sunday, I would have uh, challenged you to do something that I, I do occasionally, and I would challenge you to do it. I, uh, I will get a sheet of paper, and I'll start writing out the things that I'm thankful for. Well, that's not hard, preacher. Well, if you keep writing, and when you get to about 14, 15, or 16, you have to think about it. You thank God for your salvation. You thank God for your family. You thank God for the freedom we have in America. We thank God for our health. We thank God for this and that and the other. But around number 15 or 16, you have to really concentrate. And that's when you begin to thank God for every egg that you have to eat. You thank God that you got a car you can drive. You thank God with all the criticisms we have, we live in a nation where we have adequate medical care. Even though there are things in our nation that trouble us, but yet we're able to vote, we're able to move about. We don't have to be afraid of some of the things that they're afraid of in other places. It makes us concentrate on a lot of things that we are thankful for. And oh, I would say to you, Christian, as, as I felt like God has dealt with me, that he wants me to have a, a lifestyle of being thankful. As I said, I've never met a person who said, I'm not thankful i met some folks that are mad at God, but they'll always say, well, I'm thankful. But I'm talking about daily asking God to make you a thankful person. And folks, please don't misunderstand this, but not one day goes by, hardly an hour or two goes by, that I do not try to, to think of something to be thankful for. Because it is having that attitude that leads to action. I've always tried to um, be a note writer. That's kind of a lost art today. We, we text people and we email people. But years ago, before all that was invented, I would write thank you notes. And if I saw somebody that had blessed my life or if I saw somebody that needed a word of encouragement... I would I'd write him a little note, and I've had two or three people at Franklin Heights to say, Pastor, I have kept all your notes that you have written me through the years. 
When's the last thank you note you wrote? I'm saying that because I know we like to text, and that's all right, but I think there's something about a thank you note because it, it shows we, we had a, took a little time, and, and people have written me, and some of you have sent notes, and that is encouraging to me. And so a thank you note does two things. It makes you feel better, and it makes the person who gets the note feel better. So let that be a lesson unto you. Then I have asked God to give me a thankful heart. Let me just sum up by saying this. Thankfulness allows God to reveal himself to us. When I take time in prayer to be a thankful person, even when things are not going well, even when things are hard and, and your heart is hurting and, and maybe there's adversity in your life, but the mental and spiritual discipline of trying to be thankful all of us have problems that we deal with. All of us have difficulties that we go through. But the point I'm trying to make is I believe practicing thanksgiving makes a difference in our lives. It makes us aware of the daily presence of God. Folks, as born-again children of God, we have the Holy Spirit. That's the reason the Bible says do not Grieve the Spirit of God and do not quench the Spirit of God. If I were to ask today, are, are you thankful? All of us would say that we're thankful. But what I want to be as a Christian is to be a person who daily gives thanks to the Lord. A person who tries, not always do it, but tries to have a, a heart that is thankful and expresses that thanksgiving, having a thankful heart, reminds me of how dependent I am on the Lord. I woke up this morning, and you should have seen the way I look. You say, preacher, you don't look too good now. I know that, but neither do you. But no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is, is I didn't feel all that well, and and during my quiet time this morning, during the time that I, I get along with the Lord and read His Word and pray, uh, I, I was reading in Paul as he was writing to young Timothy early this morning. And Paul said, uh, in my difficulty, the Lord stood by me and He strengthened me. I said, Lord, I'm going to claim that today. I'm going to believe that you will stand by me and you will strengthen me as in, in, in my old age, that, God, you will give me strength. And folks, those of us who are in the age group, maybe I'm the oldest one here, I don't know, but my point is, even as we age, we can always believe that God will stand by us. In our day of difficulty, God will not forsake us. Some of you who are facing serious adversity, some of you whose names are written in my prayer journal on a daily basis, I say to you, the God who has redeemed us by the shed blood of Jesus Christ will never forsake us. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. 
And so I believe to being a thankful person, and I don't always use this word, but I believe it is spiritual therapy. It makes us feel better to be thankful and to express thanks and to write that down and to, to, to tell the Lord, thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me, but thank you for all the things that you've given me, that I can go to the grocery store, Lord, and I don't have to worry if I've got enough money to pay for it. There are people in Franklin County who do. There are people in Franklin County who are homeless. When's the last time you thank the Lord to be able to read? That's a blessing. The reason I know that is I was in Kroger's one day, and this lady said to me, she worked there, and she said there are two men. There were white men, and she said, they come and they will ask me where something is. She said, after they kept doing that, I realized they did not know how to read. So if you can read, that's something to be thankful for because we can read the Word of God. And Jesus, he healed, he, he healed all ten. And then he said, where not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was not one found to return and to give praise to God except this foreigner? And the reason he says that, the one that was healed was a Samaritan. And there was nothing in common. Jews had very little to do with Samaritans. You remember Jesus, the water at the well, and when the Samaritan woman came, she knew that there was a gap between Jews and Samaritans. This man who was healed who turned back to praise the Lord Jesus, was a Samaritan. So we who are God's people, we who have been to the cross of Jesus Christ, we who know that our names are written in the book of life, should we not have a lifestyle of thanksgiving? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for this story that you have inserted into God's word to teach us how to be thankful. And Lord, we have a lot to be thankful for. I thank you for this church. And Lord, there may be those who are discouraged. And I pray that during this season of waiting, that this season of waiting would not be wasted, but we would grow as we wait upon the Lord. I pray, Father, for those who are facing health concerns. Lord, I pray that you, through your Spirit, would remind them that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. And Lord, in a world that we see so much separation and hardship, God, thank you that we have Jesus, the rock of our salvation. And so thank you today, in Jesus' name, amen.